0: Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Thank you very much, Jay Webb, and welcome, everyone. It is good to have you with us here on Are You Listening? of the International Gospel Hour. You know, dear friends, amidst all the troubles, dissensions, and division in the world, are we not thankful for one source that grants us help with our troubles, clears away the dark clouds of dissension, and can break down divisions and parties toward a clearer day? Let's refer to that one source in just a moment. First of all, we'd like to ask, do you have any questions you would like to hear discussed here on the International Gospel Hour? A biblical question that you've wondered about? We would gladly consider your question for a future broadcast. Please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com and send us your question. We appreciate all of our listeners and thank you for your interest in spiritual things. Again, if you have a question you would like discussed, just go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com and send us your question. We'll be looking for it. You know, dear friends, it is clear when one looks around the religious world today that something is wrong. When two different answers are given for the same mathematical problem, it is evident one or the other is wrong. Both four and five cannot be correct answers to the problem of two plus two. It is inconceivable both may be wrong, but one must be wrong. That same reasoning indicates something is wrong in the religious world when there are so many contradictory answers to questions which address the welfare of the soul. In 2012, it was recognized that there were 40,000 quote-unquote Christian church denominations in the world. This reference came from the theway21stcentury.wordpress.com. Also among those 40,000 denominations, different answers are given to the same question, flatly contradicting one another. Many ignore that, believing it makes no difference what one recognizes as truth as long as it is believed in sincerity. However, no one will accept such reasoning in any other field. Is religion less important? Is it reasonable to believe a falsehood more than truth? we beg people everywhere to reason through such questions. Still others who have received differing answers to the same questions have simply given up on ever knowing the truth of what the Bible teaches. However, because of God's providence, the answers to all religious questions have been preserved for humanity, and those answers are found in the Bible. We are blessed in days of such confusion, to have the Bible. The world truly is fortunate because people do not have to rely on others when it comes to finding the answers to their religious questions. We can rely on the Bible for those answers, and the Bible is always right. The Bible is right because it is the Word of God. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God's Word is as dependable as God Himself, and all people can and should accept His answers as the right ones. The Bible is right because God's Word is truth. John 17:17, 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through Thy truth, Thy Word is truth. Truth does not contradict itself, but people do, while God does not. Because His Word is truth, His answers are true. In fact, The Bible affirms in Hebrews 6.18, it is impossible for God to lie. Not only does the Bible give the right answers, it answers all the questions one needs to ask. The Apostle Paul confirmed in 2 Timothy 3, beginning with verse 16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished and do all good works. The great need today is for more people to take their Bibles in hand and let God give them the right answers. Have you considered the Bible is right about the question of salvation? Many answers are given in response to questions about salvation. Some say one only needs to believe. Others teach to pray to Jesus and He will save you. Others suggest, you are already saved or lost, and there is nothing you can do to affect that. Dear friends, somebody is wrong, but the Bible is right. There is something one can do to affect his or her salvation. To those who were condemned for crucifying the Lord, Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 40, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. He said that because every person has a part and responsibility in God's plan of salvation. His plan of salvation has a part where the believer is responsible, that is, faith through obedience. And there is God's part, which is unmerited favor or grace. God devised His eternal plan, according to Ephesians 3.11, and Christ fulfilled it by giving His life's blood for the sins of the world, Matthew 26.28, in Acts 20, verse 28. The Holy Spirit revealed the gospel plan of salvation which is recorded in the New Testament. That is heaven's part. If individuals had no part, there would be no need for concern, because heaven's part has been fulfilled. However, if one is lost, the charge cannot be laid at heaven's gate, because people do have a responsibility in their salvation and that responsibility is to humbly submit self in obedience to God as it is revealed in the New Testament. In the search for answers concerning salvation, the Bible has demanded four essential things on the part of the individual. Number one, faith is essential to salvation. Jesus made faith a positive requirement when He gave the Great Commission, saying, He that believeth, and is baptized, shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark sixteen sixteen. Again we read, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. Those and other passages clearly teach, One cannot be saved without believing in Christ as the Son of God and Savior of the world. In addition, there are other important questions which must be answered concerning faith. How is faith obtained? Some teach faith is received by praying. Others say faith is received by miraculous power when one is converted. But the Bible affirms, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10:17). 17. One must hear what God has to say if he or she is going to have faith which demands the necessity of studying, teaching, and preaching the Bible. Another question is, does faith only save the individual? Most of the differing religious bodies of the world agree and teach faith only is the avenue by which one will be saved. Some have even written into their creeds, Wherefore that we are justified by faith only is a most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. That is Article 9, according to www.umc.org. However, neither the agreement of the multitudes nor the statement of the creeds make faith only the right answer. The Bible teaches in James 2, verse 24, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. In the religious world, there are two conflicting answers. Faith only, and not by faith only, both cannot be right. God's answers are always right, and He said, not by faith only. In addition, the Bible affirmed in James 2:19 and 20, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Those passages do not teach faith is not necessary, but they do teach faith only is in opposition to its teachings. It is paramount for those who seek Jesus to understand. Faith alone has never and will never save anyone. Hebrews 11. Number 2. Repentance is essential to salvation. Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told the apostles that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter honored that command when he taught from Acts 2 verse 38, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It is evident one must not only believe, but he or she must also repent. Number 3. Confession is essential to salvation. Jesus said in Matthew 10, beginning with verse 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. It is possible for one to believe in Christ, yet fail to confess Him. For John said in John 12 and verse 42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on Him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess Him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. God has made it clear salvation requires more than belief and the believer must also repent and confess his faith in Christ as the Son of God. Because Paul demanded, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The different religions in the world require different types of confessions from their adherents. Some require a confession of sins to be made in the ear of a priest, while others require a confession of sinlessness by asking, Do you believe that God, for Christ's sake, has pardoned your sins? Such confessions are without Bible authority. The Bible confession is a simple confession of faith in Christ as the Son of God, and it was upon that confession... Philip baptized the eunuch. After hearing the gospel, the eunuch asked in Acts 8, beginning with verse 36, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip answered, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch stated, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Number four. Baptism is essential to salvation. With one voice, all who advocate the doctrine of faith only, in opposition to the Bible doctrine of not-by-faith-only, say baptism is not essential Why anyone would make a commandment of the Lord non-essential is difficult to understand. But if one can be saved without being baptized, then baptism is certainly not essential. The question then must be asked, What does the Bible say? When he gave the Great Commission, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16.16. Who is the he who shall be saved? Jesus said, It is he who believeth and is baptized. It is not belief minus baptism, but belief plus baptism. Peter stated, In the plainest language, baptism, is for the remission of sins. In Acts two thirty eight, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Ananias told Saul in Acts twenty two sixteen, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Many people today refuse to baptize for the remission of sins. Did Peter teach error on the day of Pentecost? Dear friends, did Ananias mislead Saul? One must not usurp the throne of God by not giving the same instructions those inspired men gave, and it is clear faith, repentance, confession, and baptism are all essential to salvation, and one is just as essential as the others. Let us now consider salvation in Christ. Let's ask number 1. How does one get into Christ? The four essentials to salvation are the four necessary steps which place the lost in Christ. Faith, repentance, and confession are progressive and necessary steps, but those alone leave the sinner outside of Christ. The Bible teaches baptism is the final step into Christ. And Paul confirmed in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He also told those who were in Rome, Romans 6 and verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? When one is baptized into Christ, he or she enters a sacred relationship which demands a newness of life. That is why Paul said in Romans 6, 4, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Number two, what does it mean to be in Christ? We may see the importance of being in Christ when we consider what being in Christ means. In Christ, we have all spiritual blessings. Paul said in Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In 2 Corinthians five we are taught that in Christ we are new creatures. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In Christ we have redemption. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption, through His blood even the forgiveness of sins. In Christ we are reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. For what more could one ask than all those blessings? Remember, the Bible teaches baptism places one into Christ. Dear friends, one of the best ways to learn what to do in order to be saved is to consider the God-given examples in the book of Acts. Just before His ascension into heaven, Jesus gave the Great Commission— and he said unto them, in Mark sixteen fifteen and 16, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The book of Acts is an inspired account of the apostles carrying out that commission. Beginning in Jerusalem, according to instruction, as we note in Luke 24, 46, and 47, the apostles began to preach the gospel so the lost could be saved. God has seen fit to supply the reader with several examples of the plan of salvation in operation, and by examining those cases of conversion, the reader can learn what the believer did to be saved. Dear friends, may we ask at this point, have we piqued your interest on these things that have been said today? Would you like to examine these cases of conversion that we've just mentioned, so that you may know what to do to be saved? Do you question your salvation? Have we presented biblical truths today that prompt you to study further? We'd like to send you, absolutely free, a complete script of this broadcast. We will send it in simple, tract form, and it is titled, Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. All you need to do is call us toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. That's 1-855-IGH-6988. And leave us your name and address and say, please send me the track. That's it. Again, 1-855-444-6988. And leave us your name and address and simply say, please send me the track. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com and leave us your name and address and simply put, mail me the track. That's all. It's absolutely free. Fits right into your pocket, makes it very easy to carry and read at your convenience. And now, let's return back to our study concerning something is wrong, but the Bible is right. Through investigation, one will see preaching the gospel preceded each case of conversion because hearing the gospel is what produces faith romans 10:17 also every conversion account ended with the baptism of the person or persons who believed it is not specifically stated in each account the person believed repented and confessed but we know the inspired apostles would not baptize one who did not believe, who refused to repent, or who would not confess Christ. The fact in Acts 10 verse 34 that God is no respecter of persons assures one can be saved by following the same plan followed by those in the first century. When each case of conversion is considered, one must be impressed with the four essential steps of salvation—faith. Repentance, Confession, and Baptism. No matter how many say the individual can do nothing to effect his salvation, the Bible plainly teaches otherwise, and it teaches one must do certain things. Jesus said in Matthew 7:21, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. The Apostle John affirmed in Revelation 22:14, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Through obedience to God's commandments, one is made free from his sins, and not before. Paul told those in Rome, in Romans 6:17 and 18, But God bethink that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Peter asked his readers in 1 Peter four seventeen, What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Dear friends, are you willing to accept the Bible answer to that important question? Then hear it. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-9 says, the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. God will not save anyone in disobedience, and Christ is the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Dear friends, if you understand what you must do in order to be saved, you do it at once. In the accounts of conversion, the reader learns what those who believe did, particularly those on the day of Pentecost, who gladly received his word, were baptized, Acts 2 verse 41. The eunuch asked, See, here is water, What doth hinder me to be baptized? In Acts 8 and verse 36. The Philippian jailer took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway. Acts 16, verse 33. Yes, dear friends, we realize when we discuss the things concerning salvation that something indeed is wrong, but the Bible is right. And it is our plea that we consider these factors because our very souls are at stake. The end of those that do not obey the gospel of God is not a pleasant ending. When we know that Jesus in flaming fire will take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel, this is a very serious matter, and we must make certain that we are doing according to what the Bible commands. Therefore, dear friends, we once again make this appeal to you. Have we piqued your interest on these things that have been said today? And would you like to examine these cases of conversion a little bit more in depth, so that you may know what to do to be saved? Dear friends, do you question your salvation? Have we presented biblical truths today that prompt you to study a little further? Once again, we'd like to send you in tract form, a complete script of this broadcast. The tract is titled "Something Is Wrong, But the Bible Is Right." We'll make this absolutely free to you, and all you do is call us toll free at one eight five five I G H six nine eight eight. That's one eight five five four 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 six nine eight eight. Leave us your name and address, and simply say, "Please send me the tract." That's it. Again, one eight five five four 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 six nine eight eight. And leave us your name and address and simply say, please send me the track. You may go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com and leave us your name and address and simply put in the blank, please mail me the track. That's all you do. And yes, dear friends, it's absolutely free. Everything that we offer of study material or anything that we wish to pass along to you to consider is absolutely free. We want all to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, indeed, friends, something is wrong, but aren't you thankful the Bible is always right in matters of salvation? And as we have considered these things today, we pray and we hope that they have been of great help to you as we look upon these things that God would have us to do. Let's always continue our study together, shall we? And always join me right here on the International Gospel Hour. On our program, Are You Listening? I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. God be with you, be Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series, by going to the Media tab at our site InternationalGospelHour.com.